Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. With me as ever is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Do you watch Blue Planet? No. Clearly not, because we're recording on 8pm on a Sunday, when that's when Blue Planet is happening, and it's like the best show on TV. Uh, okay. Um, ever. Would this you, year. Would you say it's better or worse than this podcast? It's definitely better than the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, David Attenborough is definitely better than this podcast. Yes, fishes. There's a there's a fish that eats birds. It's definitely better. A than fish that eats podcast. birds? Yeah, I know. It jumps, leaps from the sea and eats birds. Yeah, no, I'll be honest. I, I don't really watch nature documentaries. Um, Why? I just don't really watch them, you know? There's so much other stuff to do. Go and fly a kite. Play a board do game. Do you fly a kite? <laughs> I'll have you know that at the age of five or six, I won a kite flying competition. Really? How do you judge that competition? Uh, I, they didn't say. My um, the, 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 my mother's theory uh, is that it was I was doing so badly, but I, kept, I persevered, and they, they gave uh, me awards for trying. Uh, my theory is I'm just a naturally talented kite flyer, so... Who knows who to believe? Hmm. Well, thank, thank you, listeners, for, for listening to this instead of watching the Blue Planet. I suppose as well as no, because it's, it's a Wednesday when this comes out. Exactly, so they can do both. Have you, have you, like me, yeah. Have you watched the, any of the Punisher yet? Uh no. Is it good? I don't know. I've not watched it either. <laughs> that's, com- that's that's podcast gold right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but today we are talking about the new Justice League film called Justice League. Uh, yep. We're also going to go through the films of Julia Roberts. Um, we've got a little... Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, we've got a little Harry Potter quiz and much, 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 much more. more. But we start, as we always do, with some movie news. Zijan, what have you got? So, um, my first bit of news, which is the most important bit of news, is that The Incredibles 2 had a teaser trailer yesterday. It did. It did. And that's like the best piece of news in the past two weeks, possibly the whole month. Wow. Possibly the yeah, possibly I mean, come the, on, possibly life. This is the best possibly thing that's life. happened. <laughs> best thing that's happened in ten years. This is. I mean, it's, it's the Incredibles too. I waited fourteen years for this, man. Too old. Is it, four, is it really fourteen years? Yeah. Imagine all the kids were watching it before. They're all now young adults, Colin. Like you and me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Colin. Definitely I, us. Like us. I remember watching uh, The Incredibles in my first year at university. In fact, in Leicester. Just to add some. That's not fourteen years ago. Uh, no, it was thirteen years. Two thousand and four. It came out, wasn't mm. it? Uh, that's my first year at uni. I, I didn't go to the University of Leicester, but I was visiting some friends at De Montfort University, and we went to see The Incredibles. There you go. Probably my favourite Pixar film. Yeah, it's a great film. So, teaser trailer. What happened? Uh, it's just basically Jack Jack. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The so for those who don't know, the Incredibles is the family of superpowers, and Jack Jack is the youngest. He's a little baby. Son. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cute. I like the name Jack Jack as well. Okay. And basically, the teaser is just him developing quite superpowers of his own. Is that a Chinese thing saying the same name twice? Sure. Some I know there are a few uh, friends of mine uh, who have the same name. Yeah. Repeated. I mean, this kid's not Chinese, quite clearly, but still. No. Um, Good name. Fine. Uh, we we have Star Wars news. Uh, and I know how yes. much you love Star Wars. Uh, uh, which I don't is, hate it. You're kind of ambivalent. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan Johnson is directing a Star Wars trilogy. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Uh, so he's the chappy who is lined up to direct, in fact, he already has directed uh, episode eight, which is coming to cinemas near you uh, in December. Uh, and yeah, but clearly. They have a lot of faith in him because yeah, they've given him a trilogy um, without, before this one's even been released. So. And this has nothing to do with the Skywalker trilogy at all, right? Yeah, it seems or to be Skywalker things. It seems to be Skywalkerless. Yeah, uh, is it Solo-less, though? Um, well, I think probably. I, I imagine they're going to try and do something that's not very linked to the narratives we know, just uh, somewhere else in the galaxy, far, far away. They'll be good, though. I mean, it's yeah, it's enough with the Skywalker drama. Yeah, it's, it's good though, going, moving away, not just kind of filling in the time gaps of the same story. Which yes. I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, Rogue One was good, but um, there comes a point where you kind of say, and uh, well, we haven't covered this five year period, so here's what happened there. It's, it's kind of nice to see something different. But I think that's, as I say, remarkable faith. And they've they've been firing a lot of directors over the last few years <laughs> of Star Wars, so. Uh, Who knows where he'll be? But it's, it's slightly odd to think that he's signed up for the whole trilogy, because he's only, I think I'm right in saying, only made. Well, this is his fourth film, I think. Um, so he made Brick and uh, The Brothers Bloom and Looper. 
before this, all of which were completely different types of film. And I think that's mm. probably the best thing about him is that he, as a director, none of them I think are perfect, but he's kind of explored different genres and different ways of making films. And to kind of tie himself down for four Star Wars films in a row seems like an odd move for him, I think. Well, we'll see how this next film goes and see whether this faith is misplaced or not then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Uh, James Franco. Yes. Is set to star as Jamie Madrox, aka Multiple Men, in an X-Men solo film. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't hear that at all. Uh-huh. Yep. And so Multiple Men was portrayed by Eric Dane in the third X-Men film. He's basically yes. a guy who can clone yeah. himself. It's a, it's not a great film, and his character was pretty much pointless right. in the entire film. Okay. I mean, yeah, if I don't know why you remember it, he was just used as a decoy. In I, I, someone. I do remember. Yes. Yeah. James Franco. Yeah, that the, sounds like they uh, might be might be going towards a bit more of a comedy side. Then is it? I don't know. I mean, James Franco does does a range of stuff, but yeah, and James Franco has played multiple people in the same film before, hasn't he? Or the, has he? The, there's a TV series that he's starring in right now that he plays two twin brothers. Oh, really? But I c- can't remember what it was. Yeah, he stars uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal as well. Okay. No, don't know anything yeah. about that. Um, so. He's a funny old actor because he's done, I think it's 127 hours that he was, he was great in that. Really good dramatic mm-hmm. performance. And obviously he's done a lot of the comedy stuff. Um, but things like, I've sort of seen Oz the Great and Powerful and just this complete dead-eyed performance. He just couldn't care less about it, it seemed. So uh, you never know what yeah, you're going to get. I know. It's a bit odd. He's like Shia LaBeouf in a way without going over the edge yet. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be in the Disaster Artist, no, Disaster Artist coming out soon, uh, which is about oh. the making of the film uh, The Room. Oh. Yes. Uh, uh, have you seen that film? No. I've seen bits it's... of it. So, uh, for the people who don't know, hilariously terrible film that's got a cult following because it's so bad and this is a film about the making of it. Um, yeah, I've not seen the film before. I think I want to. Yeah, my brother's seen it uh, at least once, probably multiple and? times, and, and, and uh, very much enjoyed the experience. So. Okay, it can't be that bad then. Well, I think enjoyable because it's really bad. That's the whole point, okay. really. Uh, although the director, I don't think, admits that. It's a, it's a weird old, mm. weird old situation. Sad news, Ijan. Um oh. I know how much you enjoyed the mummy. Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the dark universe is looking a little bit on its uppers. Uh, Alex Kurtzman and Chris Morgan, who I didn't write down what their job titles were, but I guess producers or something, uh, instrumental to the to the dark universe. They've jumped ship. They've gone. And uh, apparently, if you wander around the uh, the lot at Universal, there's hardly anyone there. There's no films and active development. It's all... Um, it's what all a surprise. It's gone a bit belly up, it seems. Yeah, my heart is breaking for them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the whole point, the whole idea of creating a universe out of nothing, just just because for the sake of it. We're not yeah. even, you know, making the first film good. Yeah, I, re- I really thought they'd at least give the second one a crack. You know, cool. As, as well as we've seen from DC, just because you make the first three bad films it doesn't mean you can't get a good one out. So, first three. Uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, that's true. You came out before Wonder Woman. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, 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 Universal don't have enough properties to to throw this one away lightly. So I think they're going to have to keep plugging away till someone actually watches it. But. Uh, yeah, you can do it, Colin. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, as long as Tom Cruise is in it, I'm there. <laughs> so. Yep, we all know that. Yeah. Uh, what do I have next? So, uh, one more Spider-Man spin-off film. Oh yes. Sony is working on a Morbius film. Morbius. So Morbius. Yeah. M O R B I U S. So Morbius, the living vampire. No relation to Morbius, who invented the Morbius strip. Oh uh, no. Is <laughs> <laughs> a scientist who tries to cure his rare blood disease. And he obviously tried, it didn't okay. go yeah. obviously it didn't go to plan and instead he gets fangs, super strength and a thirst for blood. Yeah, seems likely. Um mm. and so this is following Venom and Silver and Black, which are the two other films that it, Sony's yeah. coming out with which is Spider-Man spin-off so they're basically scraping the barrel with all <laughs> the Spider-Man uh, side characters that feels like they're pushing towards kind of the R-rated like like a Logan or a Deadpool that feels like they're mm. I mean who knows vampires can be PG I guess but that hmm they could be I a, don't know they could be going a bit darker there 
I mean, they've already given um, Spider-Man to Marvel. They must have just given everything <laughs> to Marvel. Why did the uh, Why did the chicken cross the Mobius strip? Go on. To get to the same know. side. Classic. <laughs> classic. Classic joke there. Um, speaking of Tom Cruise, I mean, you weren't, but I was. What? I wasn't speaking of Tom Cruise at all. No, but I was talking, speaking of Tom Cruise. I'm always speaking of Tom Cruise. You may recall, Z, in our last episode, uh, I think it was the last one, I uh, made mention of Quentin Tarantino is making a film about um, the Manson murders. Yes. Apparently he's in talks with Tom Cruise uh, to, yeah, to yeah. appear in that film. Which means, Zijan, which mm-hmm. means I'll have to watch the damn thing. Um, <laughs> and I might even make you do a podcast on it. No, we don't have to. <laughs> one Tom Cruise film per year. That's the one, one Tom Cruise film per Pixar film. If you want to do Incredibles 2. Not Pixar, it was Disney, right? Uh what it was Disney I mean you watched Beauty and the Beast oh is it yes you're right you're right mm-hmm. Disney cartoon okay yeah uh, anyway you're going to watch Incredibles 2 anyway <laughs> that's very true so, so <laughs> but, oh no there's a new Pixar film coming out called Coco so you can watch that I'll, in exchange of that I'll watch the Tom Cruise Quentin Tarantino <laughs> film well let's not let's not make that set out in stone yet because it's still early days but that'd be an interesting move for him I think to, to work with such a a big name director. I think because the, the problem, well, one of the many problems with The Mummy, I think, is that they tried to make it a Mission Impossible film. It was kind of a Tom Cruise action film. I don't think Quentin Tarantino would ever let him get away with that kind of thing. So he'd have to yeah. take a more of a back seat than he's used to, I think. Yeah, I thought it was Tom Cruise who wanted to make it more like a Mission Impossible film. I think so. And to be honest, if, they, if they'd really gone with that, maybe it would have worked better uh, rather than just being a mash of different things. But yeah, the last few, even things like Age of Tomorrow, which I think was brilliant. It was. He has a lot of creative power in the making of that film, which I don't think Quentin Tarantino would let him have. He's not to the no. same extent. Apparently, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Leo DiCaprio also were uh, also in talks. So, uh, That's uh, a good cast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he tends to get a good cast, doesn't he, Quentin? Um, mm. Also, apparently, it's not going to centre on the Manson family story. It'll tie in, but it won't be the main thing. Okay. That's why I last heard from it. That's probably sensible. Mm. But again, I, yeah, I. Tarantino, I can recognise, is, is a very good director, but not really uh, the kind of films I generally enjoy watching. Unless Tom Cruise is in them. Do you <laughs> have. everything, Colin. If only he were, Zijan, if only he were. <laughs> you know, he was in talks to be Iron Man, apparently, back in the day. Or at least rumoured. What else you got? Yeah. Um, what? It's not much left, actually. I know there are a bit of rumours going on. Um, so this is to do with the Batman films. Okay. Um, obviously, um, we're going to talk about it. Uh, well, at least Ben Affleck's Batman in the Justice League later on. Makes sense. Yeah. But he's going to. Sp- he was speaking to USA Today about whether he's going to continue on with his other films. He must be so annoyed being being asked this every five. Years. Every single time. Yeah. yeah. For the next five films. And, and he, he said. He said. He's something that he's contemplating. And he doesn't want to do it forever, but he wants to find a graceful and cool way to seek out of it. Okay. And there are rumours that there are talks between Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal? That's an interesting way to go. It is, isn't it? Because um, I don't imagine Jake Gyllenhaal doing something like... Because he's not been signed up for Night... Who, who, someone's signed up for Nightwing, haven't they? Yeah. Because uh, I assume that rather... They, well, I assume that they would have a kind of a Robin becomes Batman or something as opposed to just recasting Bruce Wayne and pretending they hadn't. Although in fairness, yeah. they, they've got form for that. But uh, uh, if you go back to the the Tim Burton, um, well, not all Tim Burton, but the kind of the, the Val Kilmer, George Clooney, just mm. those work so well. I like Val Kilmer actually. Um, well, Nightwing did become Batman for a bit yeah. in the comics when Batman disappeared. For- so maybe they'll go so, down that road. Who knows? Yeah, better than another Bruce Wayne. You just have uh, Dick Grayson taking up the mantle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fantastic Beasts Two has got a uh, has got a title. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh God, that means we need to see a lot more of Johnny Depp. That does mean a lot more Johnny Depp. It does. No, I don't want to see a lot more of Johnny Depp. You, I don't really want to see any bit of Johnny Depp in this film. He was good in Murder in the Orient Express. I thought. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. He, he reigned it in a bit. That was. I appreciated that. He will not be reining it in in this. He'll be going all over, won't oh, he? Why? It's going to be why? crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's, I don't know. I, I don't want to be one of those kind of people on the internet who reads loads into a subtitle, but uh, yeah. 
Not Colin not. Farrell was so good as well. Yeah, could have him back. Um, Michael B. Jordan. So I know I'm just kind of rattle, I've got a few things I'll rattle through if that's yeah, all right. Um, apparently, he's going to make his directorial debut, uh, which is very uh, young, but they're good for him. Uh, yeah. A film called The Stars Beneath Our Feet, um, which is based on a book, I think. But I don't know much about it, but I'm just. I think it's interesting. He's, he's been in all of Ryan Coogler's films, so hopefully he's picked up some some tips from him. Um, mm. So yeah, I think it's a fa- yeah. fantastic actor. Uh, look out for him. Well, so. speaking of uh, Michael B. Jordan, oh, yes. Creed Two is now casting for Drago's son. Ah, is this time to throw my cap into the ring? Mm, yeah, I can do a Russian accent. Go on then. I choose not to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but now Creed Two sounds a lot like Rocky Four now. Yes, which uh, in my view is the second worst of the Rockies. So they're 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 aiming high. Yeah, yeah. If it's just him fighting the sons of all the previous, <laughs> I know, right? Like Mister T's kid will turn up. And, yeah. Okay, well, I say Creed was great, so that could work. Um, Black Adam apparently is going to be in Suicide Squad too. Yep, that's played by Dwayne Johnson, oh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who is all over the place at the moment. Jumanji coming out soon. He's got a film called Rampage coming out next year. He's- yeah, he's Mr. Nice Guy. Everyone likes him, so. Uh, yeah. Just hire him. Yeah, he's the uh, big. I think he's the highest paid movie star in the world. Isn't it Mark Wahlberg now? Did I tell you about that? Is it, it can't be Mark Wahlberg. It is Mark Wahlberg. No. He is in like the Dead 2 film. I can't remember what it was. The Dead 2 film? What? <laughs> no, no the, the, there's a film that just came out recently with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Oh, yes. I can't remember. Uh, Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home 2? Yeah, exactly. So. Yes. And he has the trans- and he's Transformers. And he's true, Transformers, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's probably making loads um, yeah okay the, the, I've got you're familiar with the Mel Gibson uh, vehicle What Women Want uh, yes they're going to do a female version of it they it's are. a gender one cleverly called What Men Want mm. they've nailed that one um, have you seen the first film yes I think it's quite fun actually I like that. Uh, it's about a guy who suddenly can read women's minds right? that's right he hears all their thoughts it's got um, a young Marissa Tomei in it, uh, and uh, uh, Judy Greer among others. Just I, I watched it fairly recently and thought, "Oh, that's Judy Greer." What do you know? Um, yeah, well, someone called, and I, I apologise to her because I can't. I, no, I didn't look up how to pronounce her first name, but uh, Taraji P Henson. Taraji. Yeah. Anyway. She was in oh, what's the name of the film last year? The one about the NASA scientists. Oh, yes, uh, she was. Um, hidden Figures. Yes, Hidden yes. Figures. So, yeah, that could be good. In the, I, I could say in the, in the long list of... We've talked about four um, kind of gender-switching films. I did not expect that one to be made. Um, oh, who knows? It could be good. The the only other thing I've got... And again, we're not talking much uh, about the whole, you know, sex scandals and stuff in Hollywood, because that's not really our thing. Because um, we were a family podcast... But I'm just amazed. I don't know if you saw this. All the Money in the World is a film um, starring Michelle Williams about uh, so she, she, her son is kidnapped basically, and they try to get money off uh, Getty, John Paul Getty, hmm. John Paul Getty, J. Paul Getty, uh, who was played by Kevin Spacey, who is now with I think about six weeks before the film's to be released, going to be re- replaced with Christopher Plummer. And li- leaving aside kind of the morality of it, what an incredible f- f- achievement! from filmmakers to do that in such a short period of time that's insane though like imagine being able to change all the scenes like was he a main character well that's the thing I assume because the trailer made him look like he was pretty big but I, I, I'm thinking because the trailer's been out for months I, I'm thinking they must he must have had fewer scenes than we were led to believe if they can replace them all yeah uh, it must be difficult to re- re- reshoot everything yeah and I don't know yeah because they have to have, presumably he interacted with quite a lot of the main cast. I don't know, so you'll have to bring them all back in for reshoots and presumably film it in more or less exactly the same way. Yeah. Well, it's not like reshoots are uncommon nowadays, anyway. No, they're very, very common. But with six weeks to go, that's, mm. that's mad. Well, good luck. Yeah. Uh, that's all the news I have. Uh, we move on to uh, our segment to see or not to Z, uh, where we talk about a film we've recently seen, whether you should see yes. it or, or not said it. Um, and I know you're very excited, Zia. Of course I am. Very, very I excited. Saw... <laughs> I saw Paddington 2. Tell me about it. It's a great film. You should watch it. I, I... Everyone should watch it. Okay. 
so I, I, I must admit, I thought Paddington was much better than I was anticipating. I kind of heard it was good, thought really. And then, um, yeah, really great family fun. It, mm. Is Paddington 2 better? I think so. Wow. Yeah. So Paddington follows the life of the young bear who likes marmalade. And politeness, so pretty much everything British. That's it, marmalade and politeness. It's on our flag. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? <laughs> don't you like marmalade? No, I don't actually. What? Why? It's got to, it's got all those bits in it. Not a fan. Give me a give, give me a, a smooth jam any day of the week, Zizan. Uh, Obviously, well, I don't, anyway. I'm not talking about Barry White, but I uh, kind of a spreadable jam. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, you were saying he likes marmalade and politeness. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, he's voiced by Ben Wisher. He is. And in this film, he is wanting to buy a pop-up book for his aunt, I believe. Who I was? don't know Paddington history. Aunt Lucy, who I, th- I must admit I thought was dead, but apparently not. No, she's in the old folks home for bears. Is that in Peru? Or, was it, or, was, or has she come over to Britain as well? No, in Peru. In Peru, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this pop-up book um, was stolen. <gasps> by the villain of the film who is played by a great Hugh Grant I've heard good things about his performance in this <laughs> yeah it's amazing he reminded me a bit of um, have you watched uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events I've seen the film I've not seen the Netflix series yeah the film yeah, yeah. he reminds me of uh, Jim Carrey's okay. Count Olaf character because he you know Jim Carrey Count Olaf is an actor yes so he always plays different characters and parts just to you know um, uh, sneak in to commit crimes Never. which is essentially what uh, Hugh Grant's character is he's a uh, an actor who has lost his um, his stardom yes his wa- washed up has been yeah he's yeah, a washed up has been actor yeah so yeah he stole a pop-up book and okay. I'm not going to spoil why he stole a pop-up book right <laughs> you have to watch the film it's, it's just so you, if you like the first film, you'll like this. So film. this is a big recommendation. This comes the official C to Z movies badge of approval. It's definitely a badge of approval. It's just it's good. It's so charming. Excellent. Well, I um, I the, the only new film I think I say new only film that I've watched this last couple of weeks that wasn't a rewatch for me was a film called um, Barely Lethal, uh, which is a terrible okay. title, and I apologise for it. Um, Why are you apologising for it? Um, well, it, it, it has links. Uh, I'll explain off air, Um But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, as I mentioned before, of, of Hayley Steinfeld. I think she's a great actress. Um, so I thought I'd check out some of her back catalogue. And this is a film basically where she grew up in a, in a spy school and now is trying to integrate into American high school. Uh, and it's it's fine. It does exactly what you might anticipate it would do. Um, I think it's one of those things, I think, just to prove that she can lead a film kind of thing a stepping stone on the, on the career path um, when did it come out uh it's probably four years ago something like that um if i'm guessing so it's post true grit quite a few years post true grit so it must be probably 18 or something which was in it um, okay uh weird so it's kind of it's yeah it's just a fairly forgettable but, but fairly good fun film except for some reason samuel L. jackson uh is in it uh who clearly was doing anything at that point because um <laughs> Yeah, and, and Jessica Alba as well, who's clearly having fun. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's the cast is better than the film, but uh, yeah, I can't honestly recommend it. But if it's on, if if, you, if it's on and you, the remote is a bit too far away from you. you yeah, well, why not watch it? This <laughs> <laughs> is on Netflix. It's not actually no, no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I say I'm a big fan of Hayley Steinfeld, so I look forward to her doing better things than that. Um, she, okay. I'm pinning all my hopes to the Transformers franchise which I have no I don't care about at all I think it's garbage but um, they're doing a spin-off with her in it so I think if any of them are going to be good that's the one that's going to be just like you did for Megan Fox's career right? yeah how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say Hayley, Hayley Steinfeld is a better actress than Megan Fox <laughs> this is not setting a high bar um, right we we move on, Zijan, inexorably to the Justice League film. Yes. The fifth film in the franchise, I think. Possibly, Because yeah. I think the, previously I said that there were four before it, so that would make sense. Um, the one we weren't looking forward to. Yeah, so uh, it's got middling reviews, I think it's fair to say. 
very more below average. Below average, yeah. Uh, probably maybe two stars average. Audiences love it. Um, it's got eighty something percent on IMDb, I think, and uh, high cinema score. I, He's directed in two parts. Uh, yes, two. So Zack Snyder was the director. Joss Whedon came in and finished it off. Also got. Yep. Uh, I don't know whether, whether he actually got a directing credit or not, but he certainly got a screenwriting credit. Yes. Um, I tell you what, I really enjoyed this. Um, I don't know whether we're going to agree on this one or not. This could be one of those rare events where we don't. But um, I went in with my expectations kind of rock bottom, thinking this is going to be absolute <laughs> garbage. And I came out thinking, that was great. I had a great, I had a great time at the cinema. Okay, I, we can talk at length, I'm sure, about the flaws, but I was very pleasantly surprised. How about you? Yeah, I don't disagree. Okay, that's it's a shame. Too negative, sir. It's, it's, it's always... <laughs> I always hope that we're going to have some sort of exciting clash of opinions, but it never happens. Um, but that's why we do a podcast together. It Colin. is, it is. Oh dear. Next Dark Universe film, I'm going to claim it's brilliant. And then we'll okay, <laughs> go, go for it, Colin. <laughs> I, I'm not going to stop you. Right. Um, so yeah, so I think I, I had the same thing. I went there with very low expectations. I think they set a very low bar to <laughs> basically with the previous two films of uh, Batman vs Superman and Suicide Squad. Yes. Yep. So I, I guess it wasn't too difficult to, you know, be better than those. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Wonder Woman. No, I think I think you're probably right. Um Wonder, Wonder Woman was, was was wonderful, wasn't it? I mean everyone loves it. Um I think perhaps Wonder Woman's brilliance has been somewhat overstated just because it is the first kind of non bad <laughs> well first, first <laughs> exactly uh, also kind of the first good female led superhero film I think that's probably fair to say um, certainly the best the biggest female directed ones I think I, I kind of because it's been making those steps in the right direction it may be been slightly overlorded because the story itself was fairly uh, I mean it's good but it wasn't revolutionary yeah um, yeah I, I think that probably is a better film than this but well, I'd say definitely is a better film than this but this was I think it did exactly what they're trying to do um, and it's kind of you watch us think ah oh, that's what you wanted to do with Batman v Superman and failed um, that, that was my view this is this to me kind of resets the well not resets the universe necessarily but kind of gets things back on track kind of pushes it in the direction it should have been going all along uh, I, yeah I do agree with you on that um, what I was going to say yeah I should probably touch on the plot very quickly please now. do yes Yes, um, you always, you always, bear remember, mind that, always remember to do that. I never remember to do that. <laughs> bear in mind, this will be a non-spoilers part. When we want to speak about spoilers, we'll announce it very loudly and clearly. Very and loudly. On the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. We shout it through the mics. So That's turn right. your volume down. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, basic gist of the plot, it follows one year after the events of Batman v Superman. For those who haven't seen the film Batman v Superman, in the end of the film, Superman... Kind of died. He, he's dead. He'll never come back. Never come back. Okay. Yeah, apart from the rocks levitating from no, his coffin. No, no touch upon. No spoilers here. He may or may not be back for this. <laughs> it's not like his name was in the poster or anything. Henry Henry Cavill. Yep. Definitely not. <laughs> could, it could all be flashbacks. You don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so it follows one year after the plot of Batman v Superman. The world is in uh, chaos and in fear and they've lost their beacon of hope. Yes. Um, at the end of Batman v Superman, Lex Luthor has mentioned that they are coming. So who exactly is coming in this film? We find out that it's Steppenwolf, mm. uh, who is Born to be alien, wild. I guess. Uh, yes. Yeah, why not? Yeah, an alien who controls this group of parademons who are basically an army of winged creatures with plasma blasters. Uh, do. Uh, so, in order to combat them, Bruce Wayne's going to get together the Justice League. Who uh, comprised of? Uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Cyborg, Aquaman, The Flash, and that's Maybe. it. There's no one else. <laughs> Any other hero there might be is definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's the gist of the plot and like all other superhero, is superhero films uh, of groups of people coming together just take it like the Avengers film I've got to say there's a lot of Avengers crossover in, in, yes. in, in theme isn't there and that doesn't do them any favours not least because Avengers I think is, is certainly my favourite superhero film one of my all time favourite films uh, uh, it's definitely the most superior film between the two anyway yeah and it's obviously the same director as well now that Joss Whedon um, stepped in 
Uh, should we go character by character? Is that, uh... Yeah, let's do that. So, um, so Superman, let's start with Superman, because uh, the first thing we see of him, I know I said he's dead, but the first thing you see is a kind of flashback video of him saying, talking to some kids and saying, oh, I love it here on Earth and I love saving people and stuff. Yes. Um, I like this version of Superman. This is what I wanted Superman to be, which the previous two films weren't. Yes. He's he's happy. He's positive. People love him. He's bluer. He's so much bluer than he used to be. Yeah. You, you notice so his, his costume was very kind of grey, blacky blue in the first couple. And now he's, yeah, proper Christopher... Well, not quite Christopher Reeve, but uh, very, very Superman blue. Uh, I found... For this his character in particular, a lot of retconning going on. Um, <laughs> Definitely, because like, yeah, the, as you say, the world is in chaos. Everyone's in mourning because their beloved Superman is dead. For some reason, though, because in Batman v Superman, I think half the world hated Superman. Yeah, I mean, can <laughs> and you they t- brought him to court. Can you tell me anything he did in those films that was good? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, he saved Lois Lane but destroyed Metropolis. Yes. Um, he snapped a guy's neck in front of a family with kids. Yes. He decided he, not to destroy all of humanity. Or be, I don't think anyone actually knows that he did that because he did it with, with no... Basically, yeah, Zod's like, do this and you destroy humanity. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. He jumped on the Batmobile while the... Just because. <laughs> yeah. You know, he could do that. Why not? He, he uh, stole that satellite from, from the US Army. Yeah, because <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Crashed it. So... I mean, he he did do some good stuff when, that people didn't know about, like that oil rig in the first one. But yeah, it, it, it's you, basically you have to believe that Superman has been doing lots of good and saving people all around the world, which they have no evidence of. And I think if you went into this film without having seen the previous two, you kind of think, oh, he must have done that. So fair enough. Hmm. But yeah, I think if he came back in this one, not saying he definitely did. You're right. Great representation of of him. Um, did you notice? So, for people who may or may not know that um, he's playing the bad guy in the uh, the new Mission Impossible film, and had a moustache for that film. Oh yeah, I heard he was CGI'd off. They CGI'd off his moustache. I didn't really notice it. I, some people I've heard saying that it was really kind of noticeable. I, I didn't nah, see it at all. Nah, not to me either. Uh, Wonder Woman. Solid as always. Really, I think. Um, Partially because from the back of the previous Wonder Woman film as well, I think they gave her a lot more screen time. Yes, yeah, I think um, you're definitely right. That reshoots would definitely have upped her. her especially concept. the first scene of her. I'm pretty sure that's a reshoot because it didn't lead anything to any plot. It doesn't contribute anything to the plot. Although that was, in, that was in some of the earlier trailers, wasn't it? Was it? For maybe oh, yeah, it could be, yeah. Um, but I thought it was because it just, it was just, it sounded like, it just felt like a side side quest yeah I, yeah it didn't do much other than just kind of announce who she was but you, you're right i mean people love wonder woman like, like you and me were both amongst that number um and i think yeah one of the points i was going to make uh, i think they made justice league far too soon um because mm. we didn't have affection for any of these characters going in apart from wonder woman yes so they really played on that and it was I mean, when we talked about wonder woman i was kind of worried I really liked the way she played this kind of really powerful but naive woman uh, kind of out in the world for the first time. I thought, this is 100 years later, we're going to lose that. And and um, need to worried. I think it's just still a great performance and you kind of really see her seeing the best in people, bringing out the best in people. I think that's an integral part of her character. Um, she it's great it. though. Yeah, I agree. She plays the straight man or straight woman in the team anyway. Yeah. But I think it's, it's it's kind of what Superman should be. It kind of mm. just yeah, positivity, light, uh, and yeah, as I say, brings out the best in people. Um, yeah. Uh, how about the Flash? What do you think of him? Uh, he is basically the Tom Holland Spider-Man character. Okay. Uh, okay. It felt like it, uh, you know, uh, f- uh, endearing. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I would say. Uh, uh, cracking quips all around but that's his character anyway like in in the in the cartoon series the justice league oh, yeah. flash character has always been the one the wisecracker yeah the wisecracking I, person in the group i i get that so I, I saw some of the, the script from the i think it was gonna be, it was gonna be a 2004 film that got cancelled and they really upped his his wisecracking in that one mm. but yeah no, i think ezra miller um he's a good actress he's uh, good actress good actor um um he seems most similar to his own character. He's, he's quite out there in, in interviews and stuff. Uh, very, very, very <laughs> excited to be doing this film. 
uh, which makes a nice counterpoint to Ben Affleck. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think I think it played played well. He's he's he got a lot of the funny lines. Um, he yeah, he had a lot to live up to though as well because there's a solid Flash TV series yeah, right now. Yeah. Playing now, and which is playing the same character Barry Allen, so um, I think people were expecting a lot from him. I think he he held it together yeah. quite well. What I really appreciated, uh, compared to Thor Ragnarok, was that yeah, you say he got a lot of the clips, but he had his kind of distinctive humor. I mean, Thor Ragnarok was, was a great film, but it felt like everyone had the same style of humor. Everyone was making mm. the same kind of jokes. Whereas in this one, other people got kind of comedic bits, but the very distinctive personal starts of humour and he got those kind of jokes and most of it worked um, the stuff about brunch I didn't find very funny that, <laughs> Me that, that seemed a bit odd but, um, but yeah he had some, I found a lot of the good jokes are in the trailer uh, so um, Aquaman uh, also good I think um, I think he felt he played more like he seemed to me more like the Drax character in Guardians of the Galaxy okay I was thinking, kind of, he reminded me a bit of Thor in the first Avengers. Ah, uh, yeah. I can see that as well. But yeah, like the, Un- the god with all the powers, um, not too. I mean, he's he is literally um, the king of Atlantis. Yes. Um, Un- underused, I thought. I mean, I, and this is again what I mean by sh- making these films in the wrong order. If they'd made an Aqua film solo, Aquaman solo film before this. We'd know who he was. They could have played his backstory. Got, got some affection for him, as opposed to his three seconds appearing in front of a camera in Batman v yeah. Superman. And we don't see him talking to fishes as well. No, that was a great show. Um, and this isn't really spoilers, but he's got he's got a scene down where he talks to Amber Heard, whoever she's playing, Mira. Mira, which yeah. felt so awkward. Awkward. Me. Yeah, it felt like so shoot on in. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're going to film. Uh, we're going to do a next film called Aquaman. Guess who's going to be? Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and by and large, there's, there's a lot of kind of pointers to new films in this one, and, and that's the kind of thing they could have avoided if they had pushed Justice League back a couple of years. But um, it wasn't too bad. But that that definitely stood out as a. We now pause the Justice League for ten minutes whilst we discover where he lives, and we have a kind of conversation that almost gets explained, but not quite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Cyborg. I, I think his backstory is probably the weakest. Okay. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, even though, um, I think his character developed very quickly. Um, right. Like, so much so that it was a bit odd. Like, at the beginning, he wasn't sure about himself. He felt like he was a monster. Then suddenly he became heroic. It yeah. wasn't like a, a very smooth. Uh, transition. Yes. It was a very sudden, well, I'm here now. Yes. And for some reason, his dad was so okay with, okay, do that. <laughs> Go, stop them from doing that. Most dads would be like, why are you, <laughs> why are you here yeah. being a hero? Go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, and this comes back again, if, if we'd had a cyborg film before, we could, could have played that over a much longer period and really got to know that character. And it, it feels odd because most films, you don't need to have had seen four films before you go into it. But when there's so much going on and so many lead characters you're right got a bit underused I quite, I appreciate that he's kind of quite, um, quite a somber character and that was a bit different to anything I, we'd seen before mm. in terms of uh, kind of quite older than his years level headed kind of guy but um, yeah we, as you say we didn't see that much no we, his his character motivations change quite quickly yes. over the course of the film without much explanation why it, it did feel almost like at one point just he was going to do it because Wonder Woman smiled at him um, yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> which I can't blame the guy but uh, it's as a uh, as a but still right for someone who just recently got his powers who's unsure what he can do yeah. with his powers it's not the most likely thing that someone would do yeah. uh, which brings us up to uh, to Batman Ben Affleck uh, um Is it, I He's coming for a lot of criticism, which I don't. I don't think he came in for that much criticism in, in Batman vs Superman. But um, I think I think he played it pretty well, to be honest. Uh, people complain that he seems confused, but he's been spending twenty years just fighting petty criminals, and uh, and suddenly he's now thrown into this world of gods and monsters. I think, well, you would be a bit confused, wouldn't you? I think he's he's trying to do his best. He's surrounding himself with good people. Uh, I, I mm. thought he did okay. Um, yeah, he he is. 
joking a lot more than he did in the previous yes. film, though, yes, which true. is a bit odd considering you know he's Batman. Yeah, I know Batman's supposed to be kind of brutal. So, so fair enough. I, if you love Batman in the comics, maybe you'll be a bit disappointed by that portrayal. Uh, but again, no, it's just I'd uh, loved, inconsistent I'd, with his previous characterization. Isn't that's it, very though? true. Yeah, and these kind of things that were hinted at in Batman, things like um, the dead Robin that was hinted at in Batman v Superman, we don't see anything about that here at all. We don't learn anything more about his backstory there. Um, Jim Gordon's in it for five minutes, I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so under use of J.K. Simmons, and again, it feels like it's just it's just laying the groundwork for the Batman solo film. So I think I thought this might happen because I said I did enjoy it, but there's so many there are a lot of weaknesses to go through, and and the fact that they were trying to cover everyone's backstory. Apart from, I guess Wonder Woman's was kind of already covered in Wonder Woman, but um, so yeah, trying to cover everyone's backstory in five minutes each, and then crack on with it. It it, it worked as well as you could expect it to work, I guess, when you're trying to do that. Yes. Because, um, uh, yeah, Avengers is so very similar, but Avengers had already had Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, uh, Captain America, and we'd seen Hawkeye and, and, and um, uh, Black Widow in th- in two of those films. So, and of course, Incredible Hulk. So you already had all those films to get to know those people, and you didn't need to do that much in the way of introduction. Yeah, they struggled with that. I think... Uh, it had the same issue. I think Age of Ultron had about the same issues. They didn't develop like the characters of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yeah, well I, enough either. That's probably that's probably fair. I, I, certainly, Age of Ultron had that kind of albatross on its neck that it was having to set up the next four films, thing, which which this one had as well. Yes, um, it did it better than obviously Batman vs Superman, where just Wonder Woman clicking on some uh, trailers on a computer. <laughs> or, 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 that, or that weird thing where the flash suddenly appears through time and says it's all about Lois oh that's weird though I was wondering whether they're going to address that this film and I'm quite upset they didn't because it, I'm not yeah not going to remember this in the next few films <laughs> yeah you're going to need like, to bring cheat, cheat cards into the uh, uh, into the cinema uh, I thought Amy Adams did a solid job I mean she's not Again, not got that much to do with it, but um. Uh, I think in this film, I was thinking, oh my goodness, Amy Adams is such a good actress. Yeah. <laughs> Why she has, way her face is so expressive mm. but subtle, at the same time, it's amazing how she can. And you I, know, I'm glad that yeah, no, she's she's great. Actually. I'm glad they they gave her a decent ish subplot so that they didn't just forget about her. Yeah, better than being a damsel in distress. I think the first two films didn't do her acting a credit because she always had to be the damsel in distress in both those films. Whereas this one, she, you know, you could see her push herself more, had more work to do at least. Yeah, I don't know. I think in Man of Steel, she had quite a lot to do. Maybe not so much in the Batman Superman. But, uh, um, so, as you say, it's not really spoilers to talk about the bad guys, which is... Uh, Stephen Wolf. Stephen Wolf and his parademons. This, again, it felt a bit like Avengers, and that they're kind of disposable uh, aliens, aliens. Lots of lots of aliens. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the strength of this film for me is is was building the team together, getting to see them interact with each other, and then it wasn't really what they're actually up against. So, I, Stephen Wolf, I thought looked pretty bad for a three hundred million dollar film. Um, <laughs> but uh, and yeah, the Parademons is very disposable, and his whole plan was just let's just destroy. Spoilers, Collect three, guess, but just uh, let's just destroy the world. That was his plan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. in a nutshell, for some reason. Yeah, so, I don't know what his reason was again. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently, it turned it into a kind of world he, his people could live on, which I guess is what yeah. Zod was trying to do as well in, in Man of Steel. But um, yeah, that that I say, like it, like the Avengers, you can't really have a introduce all these characters, develop all these characters, and bounce off each other, and then also try and have a really developed plot of what they're up against so I, I get why they had to do that mm-hmm. um, we've talked to all the characters do, do you have more to talk about before spoilers or shall we uh, yeah we can probably go to spoilers now to spoilers no you, you're going to shout in the work are you uh, no I'll no. whisper spoilers <laughs> spoilers spoilers there we go so um, <laughs> there's, there's green lanterns in this universe we saw some, uh, saw some green yeah. lanterns in the, in the in the early days when they were fighting Stephen Wolf. Yeah, because apparently he, he, he came down before and then got beaten by the combined armies of everyone in the world. Yeah. Um, including Green Lanterns. And and some weird people who shot beams of light. I couldn't work out what was going there, going on there. Those were uh, gods, weren't they? But what, the what, gods of uh, Olympus. 
Oh, right. So, okay, that makes sense. So I thought there was like Zeus and there was Artemis, uh, with the right. arrow. Basically, the gods of um, uh, Wonder Woman's universe. Because uh, there's okay. Ares, right, from yeah, last time. Yeah, so yeah. you can imagine all the other gods were there as well back then. So back then, Steppenwolf and his guys only just got eaten by man, Atlanteans, uh, Amazons. Amazons, and the gods. <laughs> Obviously, if you are going to <laughs> if you're going to fight against the gods of Olympus, you should lose. Yes, yeah, but he's wasted a thousand years or whatever it was, four thousand years, or something, and uh, rolled off again to give it another crack. Um, I thought it was, it was quite cool that um, obviously they they, they rec- acknowledged how much more powerful Superman is than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. They kind of so that's why they obviously they he wasn't around to begin with. Spoilers: they they resurrect him. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he can just surprise, surprise. Bash them off. Yes. Did you see that coming, Colin? Uh, you know, I had I had a suspicion, albeit it didn't happen quite the way I thought it was going to happen. Um, no, so really. yeah, as you say, at the end of Batman v Superman, you see the Earth kind of floating off from the coffin. Yeah, what was that supposed to be then? Which means nothing, because so <laughs> yeah, in this film, yeah. they they basically they used the uh, the mother box and the kind of Kryptonian spaceship, which is where Steppenwolf came from as well, and, and Doomsday. Um, maybe not Steppenwolf, but Doomsday came from that. So he basically just used that to resurrect him, which has nothing to do with that bit of Earth, has it? Is it? No, and that basically negates the whole point of showing that in the previous Batman vs. Superman film. Yeah. In the first place. like So you might as well just keep him dead. Then you'll be a better surprise for him when he comes back alive yeah. again. It so, just makes no sense to have those rocks floating when you're not going to do yeah. anything about that. And I don't like kind of when in, in these things where they cure death because it makes it well there's no stakes anymore. But I guess if they say it's only Kryptonians you can bring back, then you just about just about manage it. Yeah, I don't like the way they went about doing this because I thought the whole fear of doing this in the first place was to create another doomsday like they did before. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like it felt it felt very like oh we need to bring back Superman in. How do we do this in this very in the same way that we brought back Doomsday, which was a bad idea. That, 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 that works really well. Um, yeah, I know. And they didn't even know what they were doing because they think, oh, this is more complicated technology. Luther didn't have this big then. So yeah. it will probably work. Although I, I, I get that it was a stupid plan, but I, I quite like the way it was handled in the film because it is set Batman against Wonder Woman, which in a realistic way, I think, because Batman's at the end of his tether. He's desperate. He knows they can't win without Superman. Wonder Woman knows everything you've just said. It's, it's a crazy plan. Um, <laughs> so I kind of like the, the way that that set them off against each other because you always got to try and find ways to cause discord and upset and things, and that, that made sense to me. I, I think that's a good pairing, actually. So they kind of hinted at a romantic... Well, yeah, sort of hinted at a romantic pairing, which, you know, I'm always a fan of. Yeah, Big fan. yeah. And I think Everyone that, knows. Yeah, I think those two work well together. I, I like that. Well, if Ben Affleck stays on. And if, yeah, and they don't bring back Chris Pine to play Steve Trevor. Um, mm. Yeah, no, so I, I think the once they had brought them all together, the, the kind of introducing them, bringing them together scenes were a bit kind of run the mill. But once they were all together discussing what to do, I thought that, that yeah, the good chemistry together as a, as a team, it worked well mm-hmm. off each other. Um, Aquaman and Cyborg didn't have that much to do in those, but uh, yeah, they're just there. Um, Cyborg went through the internet for stuff. Yes. Aquaman I mean, just sat oh, around. I forgot to write something, but this this bit really really annoyed me. <laughs> okay, I, so, so much. So when when he's tight, ty- yeah. So you say Cyborg goes to the internet and says, "Hello, Diana Prince. I know who you are," and all that stuff. And when the words come up, there's a little kind of sound for every every letter. What computer in the world still does that? I can see. Alfred's like, well, sir, we've got your new uh, mainframe in, and you'll be pleased to know I've, I've installed this thing that when text comes up on the screen, it makes a little typewriter sound or what kind of digitals. I can't believe that's the thing that annoys you the most. That's the most. I mean, <laughs> but it's not just this film, it happens everywhere. So, uh, Designated Survivor, they had something where they were searching a database and it made the kind of the searching database sound. There is no sound <laughs> for searching a database. Ah. <laughs> uh, Worst they part. need music for this, Colin. If not, it'll just be like nothing. Yeah, we've got eyes, haven't we? Apologies if you're listening and you haven't got eyes. Most of us have got eyes and they bring up the. <laughs> we can read the damn thing. That annoyed me. Uh, that annoyed uh, me. That's the thing that annoyed you the most, Colin. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad film. Well, exactly. Anyway, so yeah. come on, come on, okay from it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think um, they, they bounced off well from each other, apart from, yeah, they didn't have. Always that much to do. Um, again, Flash again. The, the backstory for him. He, he saw his dad in prison. I'm sure we'll get more of that in Flashpoint. And you'll know if you watch the TV series anyway. 
That's true. Well, and you're right. It was odd that the a lot of people watching this will the, know the TV series which has had was it fourth series now? Yes. So it's had getting on for a hundred episodes nearly to uh, well eighty something to to go through all this stuff. So uh, hmm. it's a lot easier to do it when you've got that kind of time. They've been to see where they bring in Iris and bring in Cisco and Killer Frost and all these things. Whether or whether they go in a different direction. Yeah. Well, not if there's a different Barry now, though. Yeah. Like fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else have I got here? Uh, I, I I enjoyed the opening montage with everybody knows playing over. I thought that worked very well. I just thought I read that. It's a, a song that which, I know by Don Henley, but apparently it was Leonard Cohen originally. Which one was this? The the. It's kind of where, where it's playing over the everyone misses Superman. He was a great mm. guy. Remember? No, well he was that that bit. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. That, I thought that was. It's, it's it's very much a trope now, isn't it? To play a, a classic song but have it done slow and sung. By a woman, but that's um, it worked. Uh, so some of the logic around when they're fighting them didn't didn't work brilliantly, but yeah, yeah, some bits were a bit odd. Like they wanted, I mean, <laughs> some bits were a bit odd. Like the the part where Flash was demonstrating his superpowers. Oh yeah, and when he ran down and pushed Wonder Woman's sword back to her. Oh uh, yeah, that's I thought that cool. was very pointless. Um, I thought we got. I read somewhere that that was kind of um, deliberate take on you know um, the Sistine Chapel where it's quite Adam touching uh, oh, things with God okay. and they're kind of saying try... she, she's a God uh, he's a human and they're kind of touching it would it so um, I don't know whether that was a deliberate uh, allusion but uh, yeah it just I, I can understand why they wanted to um, put it in because mm. they wanted to see um, Flash growing yeah. in his powers, you know, try kind of contributing to the battle rather than just saving people, and he felt like he could do that. But I, I mean, Wonder Woman was going to touch the ground anyway. The <laughs> I got to say, it didn't make much difference. But <laughs> so I got to say that that, that that fight scene I thought wasn't as good as the the last one. I guess the first one never as good as the second one, but it felt a little bit underwhelming. Um, I did enjoy the. I, can't, I think it was there. Well, we're, we're four of them at that point. I've got to try and cross the uh, the gap in the bridge, and they all do it a different way because of their different powers. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mm. I, I agree with that. There was a point as well when Cyborg met his dad, and his dad was like, "Yeah, you make sure you stop him from doing this." I was like, "What kind of father are you? <laughs> You're an awful, awful father." He brought him back to life. He, he is in one. Was, uh... yeah, he brought him back to life to put him into more danger. That's the first reaction a father would have. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Well, the fact that they do play into that, I guess, because he's not very happy about being brought back to life, is he? But um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, the the other bit I found entirely pointless was Kevin Costner's photo. <laughs> they're, they're really they're really pushing Kevin Costner in these. <laughs> so he he plays uh, what's his name, Jonathan Kent. Jonathan Kent. Uh, so Superman's or well, Clark Kent's adoptive father. He was fine in the first one, and then he turns up in some weird kind of dream sequence thing in Batman v Superman. <laughs> And you know, in this one, when when Clark Kent's body gets put in the, in the whatever it is, goo, we not we get not one but two close-ups of Kevin Costner's photo. <laughs> it was just... uh, he wasn't a good father as well, anyway. He wasn't great, was he? No, leave the kids in the bus. You should just <laughs> just let them, them all there. drown. Yeah, let them die. Yeah. So leave so, me. Save the dog. So are there any good fathers in this thing? Because uh, no, the Flash's fathers like don't don't come and see me anymore. I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> Clear off. Thinking- you know, for every character, I was thinking how many puns they can make with their powers okay. every single time. Like, when the Flash was meeting his father, he was talking about, oh, you're running, you're always going too slowly or something, and you don't always get to the point. That's classic, and then classic I was thinking, Flash, yeah. <laughs> I know, and then Aquaman is probably like, oh, you're a fish out of water. I was <laughs> and Cyborg, they're probably going to do some technological puns. I was wondering how many they can put it into this film. But I was quite surprised they didn't They're quite, quite restraining. I know. I would have done so many. Wonder Woman's father's not great, because he's a god who then just... Left them. Left them. Uh, Aquaman's father. Did did, he, did we get any hints of what happened there? I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's half Atlantean, half human as okay. well. Uh, yeah. And then obviously Batman's father died. Got, got he's shot. probably the best. He yeah. probably had the best father. But then he was taking his like eight-year-old kid to the flipping opera. No, no. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a film. I think my first is. It was not in Batman Begins, wasn't it? Um, it was yeah. Like, Film here, fair enough. Yeah, what a, what a what a father taking his kids to the opera, no to the cinema. Good guy, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, so we could be seeing more of him. Um, there's quite a lot of uh, stuff from the trailers that didn't make it into the film. Uh, so I, 
the, the people of the internet have poured over there was two scenes in particular one where um ben affleck's looking at a hologram of of a, of someone and then the one where jeremy irons as alfred says oh he said that you'd come neither of those made it into the final film <laughs> so there's this kind of thing oh, who's, who's he talking about is it superman or is it is it a Green Lantern? Is it a Supergirl? Is it? It's definitely Superman. Come on. Well, we we it got cuddled together. So, but yeah, presumably, uh, presumably, it was Superman. Uh, and things, even things like the mother box jumping around in um, Cyborg's dad's cupboard. I think that got cut as well, didn't it? Yeah. Hmm. But they got it down to two hours, which is relatively short for this kind of thing. I yeah, I think they could have done with a slightly longer film. Yeah, which I wouldn't certainly wasn't expecting to say. But yeah, another fifteen minutes or something in there. To develop, yeah. to develop a few points more but yeah I, some of the characters I say could have been the character development could have been better um, although I did appreciate it being two hours though <laughs> yes on the, on the other hand Farman <laughs> VC Man was what two hours forty or something so it was, yeah. uh, it was good that it was less <laughs> <laughs> definitely but yeah no, this, um, this is definitely definitely better than Batman VC Man I, I kind of I say it kind of I, the whole atmosphere it's not anywhere near as dark it's, it's not kind of Avengers quippy all the time there's there are crypts as you say but it's not it, it still feels a bit dark in the avengers to me i don't know if that's if you agree with that mm-hmm. but, um, yep that's true so i think this is probably what zach snyder was going for and it and it still felt more of a snyder you could see joss whedon's touches but overall i could see more snyder in it, i think um so uh fair play. maybe you should collaborate more in the future yeah maybe um mm. but yeah i think they, uh, I, I think they got back on track the reviewers do not agree uh, um, uh before we Post-credit scenes as well. Yes, of course. For yes, discuss. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first post-credit scene is Batman racing against the Flash. Uh, not Batman. Superman racing yes. against the Flash. Ba- Batman racing against the Flash is very, over very quickly. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. But that is a classic race. Yes. Everyone wants yeah. to know who's faster. Which, and uh, kind of the answer is the Flash. Okay. Well, the Flash... So they, they did it, kind of did it on TV with the Flash and Supergirl. But yeah, since the Flash can travel, go so fast, he travels in time. Yeah, it's which, definitely which Flash. Superman has been able to do as well as next time. So. Yeah, this, well, he spun the world backwards. <laughs> yes. Did he? Well, this is, whilst we're talking about Superman 1, uh, this is a <laughs> common misconception apparently, because I always thought that, but apparently he went so fast, he went back in time, as opposed to sending the world back in time. Ah, uh, so like the Flash then? Yeah, so basically he both, he both saved Lois and stopped the other people from dying as opposed to how convenient there you go um and the other post-credit scene scene uh, actually quite exciting this one was actually worth waiting for unlike uh thor (laughs) 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 the waste of a post-credit scene (laughs) so we see uh look lex luther has escaped prison he's on a boat and uh deathstroke Deathstroke, Joe manganello manganello who who apparently is still in i I kind of assumed that he dropped out by now but uh, he's still in uh, rolls up. I so Lex Luthor came for a lot of criticism in the previous film in Batman Racing Man. I actually, I, I think he went over the top. I, I, I quite like what he was trying to do. I think yeah. it's not very well. It's not at all accurate to the comics, but I think it was fun. I like him. One thing I forgot to mention: costumes. Uh, I think this is by far the best Batman costume we've had in any Batman film. Um, it's not much of a difference from the Batman Racing Man, but just. It's, you watch Dark Knight now and you think, well, that's a terrible costume. So, um, they've nailed that. That was just one tied up. That's <laughs> pretty much it. We ended on a costume point. We ended on the costumes. So, there you go. We like it more than the reviewers like it, it seems. Yes. Um, it looks like. Oh, Why do we keep running out of time, Colin? We just got so much to say. We don't shall care we, about Julia Roberts. Shall we very quickly say what our favourite Julia Roberts films are and then we can oh, nev- nev- never talk about her again? I feel so sorry for Julia Roberts. She's such a great actress as well. She is. So we have our Actor Factor segment where for the second uh, episode in a row we want to talk about Julia Roberts. But We're running out of time. We're running out of time. Uh, uh, dear. Um, I've seen 15 of her films. So you can start talking then. Um, I'm going to say that uh, the best one is probably well, 16 of our films uh, the best one is probably it's probably Notting Hill actually that's a classic classic rom-com uh, mm. that's what is best my favourite uh, also very good in Mystic Pizza which I recommend it's got a young Matt Damon in it um, it's kind of classic coming of age I think we talked about it before uh, but yeah Notting Hill Richard Curtis at his best Hugh Grant at the peak of his powers um, and of course she won the Oscar for Aaron Brockovich so that's worth watching she, she's uh, good in that um, I liked her in my best friend's wedding yes yeah that's, again, uh, uh, towards the peak of her, her career. She stuff. plays a very good girl next door. Yes. 
kind of character. And yeah, she did yeah. Runaway Bride as well. She was in Runaway Bride. And I also liked her a lot in Stepmom. And a lot, oh, I've not of, seen a lot of people okay. see Stepmom. Um, so it's, she's basically, she plays the new Stepmom, Stepmom of, um, Ed Harris's, oh, Ed Harris. Oh, yeah. Ed, That's his character. Um, she's the original step- mom. Isn't Ed, Har- Ed Harris? Isn't he like? Ed Harris, yeah. I thought he was like twice her age, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Ed Harris, original wife in the film, is played by Susan Sarandon. Oh, she's the, the stepwife of him. Not, yeah. the, not the stepmom of him. Oh, way. yeah, step stepwife, yeah, sorry. Okay, that makes <laughs> yeah. more sense, yes. Yeah, Julia Roberts is a stepwife of, uh, the second wife of Ed Harris's character. Right. And, yeah, it plays between the relationships between Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon, obviously, because the, the mom of the kids versus the stepmom of the kids. Right. And yeah. especially since Susan Sarandon's character is dying of cancer as well. Oh, right. Yeah, so okay. it's a very sad Sounds film. It's really good, though. I would recommend that film. Okay, I'll check that one out. Um, the last one I saw in... So the last few, in fact, have been fairly middling or bad. I think it's just due a, due a hit in my book. But uh, So Money Monster I saw last year, which was fairly... Uh, well, she was barely in it to be honest she, she was kind of it was um, a guy who holds George Clooney uh, at gunpoint whilst he's presenting a, a show about the market it's basically saying you made me lose all my money and, and Julie Roberts is the TV producer uh, Charlie Wilson's War which is Aaron Sorkin's worst film I think and Closer which I've talked about how much I hate it before so I'm going to say that was my <laughs> least favourite we can't finish a Julia Roberts film uh, series without talking about the film that made her most famous which was Pretty Woman Pretty right? Woman yeah yeah classic film Yes. Do you, do you think it holds up well, though? Uh, yes, I think so. I mean, it's obviously it's been pastiched quite a lot now, and um, and yeah, the the whole kind of thing about uh, prostitutes and uh, is perhaps a little uncomfortable. Um, they make it probably seem a bit more glamorous than it is in reality, but uh, it's a film. But still, uh, yeah, no, I think it still holds up. If you want to see how rich you go, I say you can uh, run away Brian as well. So yeah, classic recoupling. Uh, that'll do. <laughs> there you go. Julie Roberts whistle stop tour. We didn't even talk about a hook, um, <laughs> which is also not a bad film. It's all right. Um, we have now the quiz where we. What's next time though? Oh yes, uh, actor factor next time. Um, so I've got Dustin Hoffman down here. Um, all all our actor factors now come with the asterisk that if it turns out that they are. Uh, hated by everyone in Hollywood, stuff, yeah. then uh, we might drop them. So, in fact, Dustin Hoffman has been accused of something, but um, as far as I know, it's blown over. Uh, so let's stick okay, with, so let's go with it for now. Let's stick with him and see what if, happens. If you find something different in two weeks' time, my dear fellow listeners, you know what happened. Well, that'll be it. Uh, yes, and we move on to the quiz. We are at eight all for the year with two to go, I believe. Yep. Oh, it's very exciting. Very this exciting. is very exciting because I love Harry Potter a lot as well. We're quizzing on the f- I, five, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth Harry Potter films. Yes, I had difficulty in coming out with the last question actually. Okay. Yeah, it was quite tough. Harry Potter. Uh, I'll go first. Um, what did Michael Goldenberg do for the fifth film, which Steve Cloves did for all the other films in the series? Yeah, he wrote the screenplay. He did write the screenplay. One 0 Yeah, which you can answer my first question as well. Okay. So. Which of the four films had a screenplay which was not written by Steve Close? Uh, that would be the fifth one. Uh, yeah. Order of the Phoenix. Yes. Uh, one all. Uh, question two for you. Which non-human character was cut from one version of the script for the Order of the Phoenix but was reinstated at J.K. Rowling's suggestion? Non-human character in the fifth film? Yep. Ah. Uh, what? The fifth film, The Order of the Phoenix... So there were centaurs. Oh, was it Grop? That's a good mm-hmm. shout, but uh, Giant. It, it was a uh, creature. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, I understand why they cut him out. He wasn't essential. He wasn't, but he, he came into it more in the later films, so, and she wished, or later books, which she hadn't published at that point, the last one, so she kind of said, he's going to be important to keep him in. Um, yeah, he was the one who spied, right? Because Sirius Black didn't treat him well. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, question two for me is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was nominated for Best Cinematography in the 82nd Academy Awards but lost to which film? Oh, come on. You asked me this question last <laughs> time, Colin. Oh, uh, dude, that's tough. Um, Half-Blood Prince, so that would be... Okay. Uh, that's going to be sometime around 2009-ish, I thought. Uh, so I'm going to say Avatar. Uh, 
Yeah, you're right. Oh, I was not expecting that. Good guess. Um, Two one. Question three for you. At the end of the Half Blood Prince, the locket, previously believed to be a Horcrux, contains a note signed with which three initials? R A B. R A B. Now, did you know that from the film or from the book? From the book. I thought you might. It was, yeah. Good work. Yeah. Regulus Black. Uh, question three. In part one of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, what was the name of the song that Harry and Hermione were dancing to in the tent? Uh, I you know that scene, don't you? I know the scene. Uh, I can't know. The only one I can think of was that they had in the books is a cauldron full of love or something, which I'm pretty sure is not that, but I'll go with that. No, it, they danced to old children. To old children? Like, old children. Okay. Like old, as in old. Yeah. Oh. I like the scene in the book. I, I like the scene in the film. It wasn't in the book at all, but I thought it made the characters of Harry and Hermione much better. Fair enough. Uh, question four for you. Who returned to the franchise as Derek Ollivander in Deathly Hallows Part 1? Ah, oh, I saw this and I can't remember his name. Oh, no. No. No, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. go on. Uh, John Hurt. Oh, yeah, that's right. What's the score now? Uh, it's two all, I believe, going into the uh, to my fourth question. Or your fourth, fourth question, question for me. Yeah. For me is that which character who has appeared in all the films so far did not in so appear far. in both. <laughs> no, well, in, in all the other films, right? Did not appear in both Deathly Hallows films because of legal troubles. The character, yes. Um, I I know it's either Crab or Goyle. Um, I'm going to say Crab. Yeah, good guess. It's Crab. That was that was very fifty fifty. Because I had oh. okay. Your final question. You need this one to to draw level. Uh, how many years have passed between the main events of Deathly Hallows Part 2 and the epilogue? 19. 19, very good. Puts three all with one, one question to go. We're going to see the play next year. We are. We are indeed. I'm to that. Yeah, I had trouble coming out of question five, so this is going to be quite simple, I think. Okay. Which films were J.K. Rowling made producer for? Ooh, is that easy? <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> are you going to tell me how many films, or do I have to... Name the films, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2. Yeah, you're right. Really? Well, that was yeah. a complete stab in the dark. Um, Good guesses. Thank you. Yeah, I've got to say, I've had a bit of luck there. Which puts me 9-8 uh, ahead with 1 to go. I know. Ooh. Uh, what are we quizzing on next time, Susan? Uh Given it's the last quiz of the year. Yes. For us. We are going for Shrek series. I don't. I don't see the link between it being the last Christmas year and, and Shrek. No, no, no. But uh, uh, Sh- okay, Shrek. Intriguing. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of Shrek films. And uh, what's our main topic for next time? Uh, robots, I believe. It is robots in films. Uh, may, may even mention Cyborg again. Who knows? May, uh, no, probably it's not. Okay. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> we we will see you then. Bye. Bye.